Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. My thanks to new contributor Michael and longtime donors Valerie, Heather, Ed, John, Paul, Scott, Margarita, Terry, and Ginny. This show lives on because of donors like you. If you love this show, help pay for it. It's easy and it's so appreciated. Just visit thebittersweetlife.net and click the donation button. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, Tiffany, over in Italy, living in Rome, while I'm way over here in Seattle on the other side of the globe, in Rome today, life is looking a little bit like it did last year around this time. (laughs) Tiffany, what is going on in Italy today? Well, today is the Ides of March. You know what they say, beware the Ides of March. We are back in lockdown. Why? Red zone lockdown. Red zone lockdown. So that means fully captured in your home once again. Yeah. Let me give a little bit of a bigger picture. So Italy now divides the zones by region. Different regions have different zones. And it all depends on the number of cases all the ratios between cases and population, and then, of course, also hospitalization. And so there's all these metrics that go into it that help them decide which zone we're in. But, you know, Lazio, the region where Rome is, we've gotten off really easy most of the time. Of course, as you all know, the entire country of Italy was on full lockdown for about two months last year at this time. But since then, all the regions have been kind of going through different stages But Lazio has been one of the regions that has had the least drastic restrictions. Like we all were sort of under red zone slash orange zone around Christmas time because they were afraid that everybody was going to, you know, be partying and getting everybody else sick. And then Lazio was on orange zone, if I remember correctly, for most of January. But then we went back to yellow zone. And I mean, can't speak for anyone else, but I just kind of think most of us here in Rome, we kind of got a little bit complacent okay, we're doing good, like we're going to stay on yellow zone. It's only going to get better. People are getting vaccinated now. It's only going to get better from here on out. But the numbers were telling a different story and they've just been climbing and climbing and climbing here. The vaccination rollout is just a dismal failure so far here in Italy. Bottom line is most of the country, not all, but about 16, roughly 16 out of 20 regions probably are now in red zone. So there are still a few Uh, regions that are uh, under less restrictions. So it's not like the whole country, like last year, is in red zone. So red zone, of course, means schools are closed, shops are closed, except for, you know, grocery stores and pharmacies and bookstores. That's different from last time. Last time, no bookstores were open. So it's a little bit of a saving grace. Restaurants, of course, you can get takeout, which is great, and delivery, but no eating in even on an outside terrace. For me, the most drastic thing is just, you know, not being able to see people, not being able to take a walk with a friend outside even, not being able to go to my mother-in-law's house for lunch on a Sunday, none of that. And not being able to just take a walk in the city without going in anywhere, just walking in the city. We can't do any of that now. So So is it as restrictive as it was last time where you were not really allowed to leave the home at all? 
with the exception of an occasional stroll around your block. It's the, pretty much the same. I mean, the only thing that I can see that's different is that bookstores are open. Which is interesting. Yeah. Bookstores and um, newsstands. There is one exception that we're all really happy about, and that is that the three days over Easter, we are allowed to, to go two people maximum plus children to someone else's home to celebrate Easter with them. So that is a huge, huge, huge thing because I would really be sad to not be able to spend Easter with Aurelio's grandparents. And you're also allowed to go to Mass, which is different from last time. Last time, no churches were open. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. A hardcore lockdown, except you can have this one big day <laughs> gathering with a bunch of people. Well, they say two people maximum can go to someone else's house. No, I know. But what about going to mass? No, that, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of crazy. It's Italy, though, is all I can think. Uh, you know, Italy on Easter. We had last Easter under lockdown, too. So do you have any idea how long this is going to last? Uh, you know, I would love to say that it's going to be over by April 7th. That's what they're saying. But... It's funny because, and I know this only because I re-listened to one of our episodes from last year, but when they announced the lockdown last time, they said, okay, at least for three weeks. And we were all thinking, three weeks? Three weeks? How are we going to do it? You know, I remember after the first day thinking, how am I going to get through three weeks of this? And of course, it was much longer. It was, I can't remember exactly, seven, eight weeks do you feel better equipped to do this again now, now that you've done it once before? In a way, yes. In a way, it's better. In a way, it's worse. In the ways that it's better is that, yeah, I know I can handle it. I have strategies now. So for that, I feel okay. And also just the knowledge that there is a vaccine and that even though it's taking a long time to get people vaccinated, there is a process that's going it is a light at the end of the tunnel that before, you know, it was just like, who knows when this is going to be over. And now it's like, well, yeah, it could go on beyond three weeks, but eventually, you know, people are going to get vaccinated. Some people already are, of course, but just not enough. That's a good thing. And also, of course, just the security I have knowing that my own parents are vaccinated. Some of my siblings are just that obviously makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. What's worse is the, yeah, there's no more novelty. There's no more like, Ooh, I'm going to bake cookies or I'm going to learn how to make pizza or, you know, whatever I was thinking last time, like the novelty of not having to go to work. Uh -huh. Like that was so super exciting to just not have to drag myself through traffic every day. That was just so wonderful. It was like almost worth the trade-off of not being able to go out. But now I've been totally spoiled because <laughs> I've been having the best of all worlds. Well, and you've been spoiled, not that you don't love your husband and your son, but <laughs> you've also been spoiled that you've still gotten to work from home while they were gone now yeah. because Claudio, your husband's been at work and Aurelio's been in school. So you've had the whole house to yourself. How do you feel about having all the everybody back again? Well, first of all, I should say that many times... I don't actually get that many hours to myself because several days a week, my husband doesn't doesn't leave the house actually until noon and I have to go get my son at 2.30. So it's not like I've got like eight hours to myself. True. But you have a couple at least. A couple of hours and some days I have more. Some days he'll say, oh, can I go to Nona's house? You know, my son, not my husband. <laughs> um, and I'll take him over there. And so I'll have even more time. And I've been getting a lot of work done. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been you know, having a lot of really great writing time that is something that I never used to get before. And it's been wonderful. 
so yeah, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. And I said to Aurelio just today when we figured this out, I said, you know, school is going to be stopped for another three weeks. And and he's like, yay. <laughs> I don't know why, because he loves school. Whenever I go pick him up, he's like, can I stay longer? But I said, you know, we're going back to your reading lessons. You're going to be practicing the piano every day for 15 minutes. And you're going to have to let me work. We're going to be home alone together all day. So some of that time you're going to have to play by yourself because he's kind of gotten into the habit of when he's home and I'm home, he wants my full attention Mm -hmm. because he's in school all day, you know, and I understand that. But, you know, now that we're going to be together 24-7, he's going to have to give me a bit of time. One of the things I remember so clearly from our early coverage of this pandemic is you interviewing Aurelio about how he felt about it. (laughs) And you're like, how do you feel about the pandemic and staying home? And he just said, I love it. Yeah, that was cute. (laughs) That's my best impersonation of Aurelio. Uh, Well, I I will be interested to hear how it goes, of course. Of course, we will hear how it goes. It's funny, Tiffany, because in contrast to your experience over there in Italy, Mm -hmm. we've never had the pandemic really under control in the United States, I would say. But this past week, Seattle, which rarely appears in a bigger newspaper like the New York Times, got its very own article talking about how great Seattle did with the pandemic. And as you may recall, the first cases and deaths of COVID-19 in the United States were all in the Seattle area. So we were the first major metropolitan city who blatantly had to deal with it because we now knew that it was here. Mm -hmm. And the New York Times reported that if Seattle, if every major metropolitan area in the United States had reacted in the way that Seattle did then and still does treat it today, 300,000 people wouldn't have died nationwide. That is insane. 300,000 people. That's more than half of the total number of people who've died, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. So basically more than 50% of of the casualties could have been avoided. Mm Mm-hmm. If everyone had just done what they did in liberal old Seattle. I know. I'm sorry, but if that is not a reason to have a bit of a liberal mindset, geez. (laughs) I don't know. It's funny. I mean, there are so many factors. And yes, I really, really had to resist sending this article to people who all through this pandemic have said, including family members, (laughs) who have said, or have at least thought if they haven't said thought that Derek and I were being a little bit too strict, a little too hyper about what rules we were following. And this article just felt like a vindication. Nice. <laughs> because because I'm you know me, I'm not a super conservative person and I'm not follow rules by the book. You gotta live this one way kind of person. And so putting me into this weird stickler mode that this pandemic has put me in has been a role that I have not relished playing and telling my parents or telling my sis- advising my sisters what they should be doing. I hate doing that stuff. And I'm sure it annoyed them like mm-hmm. nobody's business. But still, I did feel a slight sense of pride in reading this article. And it's funny because I remember one of the things that I felt was so brilliant here in Seattle that they did was when they first realized, oh, this is a problem and we've got to shut it all down. Like, we've got to shut the schools down. We've got to do all this really, really fast. Our King County executive is a guy named Dow Constantine. 
got on the phone and called the major tech companies, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, all the big guys that are in Seattle and on the east side, and basically said, tell your employees right now that they are not coming to work in person anymore. And all the tech companies did that, and it was just startling because all of a sudden, all of this commuter traffic was gone. Thousands and thousands of people were just from one day to the next off the road. It made such a big statement to people who were just catching on. No, this is a real thing. Look, all of a sudden we went to a total ghost town overnight. And I think that that was a really smart move. It really emphasized that this was a big problem. Kind of like the same way for a lot of people in the United States when sports were canceled. That's when it really hit home when they stopped the NBA season. All of a sudden people were across the country thought, oh my gosh, this is a real thing. And Seattle just did it in their own way. What's surprising to me is that you guys did this and you were the first. Because usually it's like the guinea pig is the one who messes up and everybody else learns from their mistakes yeah. and then improves upon it. Whereas you guys were the guinea pig. You did it best and nobody <laughs> followed your advice and they all did it worse. Yeah, they were all like that liberal governor over there in Washington state. That Jay Inslee, he's all that environmentalist. <laughs> what does he know? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So we get, to, we get a little gloating rights right now. I mean, we're still, of course in the midst of this big pandemic and things are still pretty much locked down, although some more things are open now than they were. And the vaccine, you know, we also got our other big piece of news, which you may have heard, Tiffany, is that President Joe Biden said that he hopes to have enough vaccine to open vaccinations to everyone by May 1st. That is so exciting. I know. Super, super exciting. So I don't know what that will mean if we'll be like shoving people down at the pharmacy <laughs> trying to get our vaccinations. No, I'm sure you'll just be having to sign up, right? You're just having yeah, to get, I don't know. get your appointment. Yeah, Derek says, if it takes me being on the phone 24 hours a day, once we're eligible, I will be on the phone trying to find us an appointment. Yeah, I don't understand why they wouldn't just, well, quite frankly, call you. Well, they may. They may. It just makes no sense to force people to call or even sign up online because clearly it's the same problem. You go on and you've got like a nanosecond to sign up and then your place is gone. It makes so much more sense for them to go through. I mean, I hate to say alphabetically, but you know, you got to start somewhere and just call people and give them appointments. Yeah. Well, they've started opening and I can only speak for Seattle, but they are opening like giant vaccination sites, basically taking a, an athletic field or center and that's going to be a big vaccination site. Supposedly, if my understanding is correct, it'll maybe eventually be in pharmacies. So you might just walk over to the CVS just like you would to get your flu shot. Well, I hope by August it will be because... Yeah, you want your trip. We are hoping to come to the United States in August. More than hoping. I'm counting on it. It is planned. I need this to happen. Yes. I need this to happen. No, it's not completely planned. Like We haven't bought our tickets yet because there's there are several variables that need to be worked out. But... It's more than a hope, but I do not think that I will be vaccinated by then. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Just looking at the way that the rollout is going here in Italy, I mean, it's already mid-March. They have not even started vaccinating healthy seniors, mm. not even 80 plus. Oh, wow. Yeah, the only people who've gotten vaccines here are people with very serious comorbidities of any age. 
people who work in schools, and not even all of them have been vaccinated yet. They're just sort of starting on them. And then, you know, people who work in healthcare and nursing homes and nursing home residents. So there is a long way to go. And Italy has a lot of old people. We have one of the oldest populations in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we get down to us, uh, you know, us youngsters, and knowing also that Italy can be very disorganized, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy and it just slows things down. So I highly doubt that by the end of July, I will be fully vaccinated. Claudio is vaccinated because of the Vatican. They have their stuff together. What I'm hoping is that because the, technically the United States cannot turn me away as long as I have a negative test. Mm-hmm. So they have to let me in, but I don't know whether or not there's going to be quarantine issues, etc. But what, I'm, what I would really like to do is I would like to be able to just rock up at the local CVS you know, once I get to town and just be like, okay, can I get a vaccine and just get it done and dusted Yeah, for sure. and not have to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, here's open for us too, because if this May 1st thing doesn't come to be, Washington state has phases of the order that they're vaccinating people on. And Derek and I aren't even on the list. Like, <laughs> it goes through all of these phases and they haven't even planned yet for the people who are in their, you know, midlife that are healthy we just don't even appear yet. Mm. So we're like, oh, no, we're not even on the list. So we were thinking maybe not till next December, but who knows. It's been fascinating to me through this entire pandemic, and we've touched on this some, especially in some of those early episodes where we did like a day in the life and all of you listening sent in your snapshots of where you were, how much your experience is affected by where you are. Mm-hmm. When we were not... Well, we in Washington state apparently were doing great, but when we as a country were not doing great early in the pandemic and you guys were in total lockdown, it just felt like, oh, Tiffany has a major advantage. She's in a country that's going to shut this thing down and we may not be able to do that. And now it's kind of the opposite. Now we're in a country where we might all get the vaccine sooner and you might have to languish and wait forever. I know. It's... Very interesting how much where you are in the world is affecting what's happening to you during this pandemic. Yeah, and how it just swings back and forth, too. Mm-hmm. Even just within the regions of, of Italy. I feel like Lazio and Tuscany have been like swinging back and forth. Whenever Lazio is red, Tuscany is yellow and vice versa. Jeez, you don't even have to go very far <laughs> to switch zones Yeah, uh, yeah. so drastically. That's similar here in a way. My sister, for instance, lives in Montana. And she said that basically everybody she knows has had COVID. She's like, except for me. (laughs) We didn't get it in our family, but so many of my friends have had it. I only know a very small handful of friends who have had it, but maybe two or three. That's in my day-to-day friend group, right? I mean, that's a pretty major difference, too. Yeah, I know almost no one as far as people I see. I know a couple kids from Aurelio's school had it. I don't know who. You know, obviously for privacy reasons, they don't tell us. They were not in his class. A couple of the teachers had it as well at the same time. You know, a couple friends of friends, really. And maybe some acquaintances. My mother-in-law's neighbor and his family had it, and I know them. But, you know, no one that I would spend a lot of time with, actually. That I know, at least. As you know, many of our listeners have a real desire to learn a new language, whether they're planning to move abroad or they want to transform their career and move into something where they have to speak another language. 
so many reasons, or they just want to do it to keep that brain active. <laughs> well, we have an opportunity to do that, which I think is really exciting. Our listeners now have the opportunity to achieve their goal of learning a language in three months of intensive learning with Lingoda. The best thing, Tiffany, is that Lingoda will pay them back if they attend all of their classes. That sounds too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so simple. They get 100% cash back if they attend all of their classes. I'll, I'll explain more how this works in a second. But let me just assure you that more than 40,000 people have participated in previous Lingoda sprints, and you, listener, could be in the next wave. So, Tiffany, you have tried Lingoda. I have. I have. So Lingoda is a language learning course, but it's not like one of those online things that you do and you select multiple choices. It's an actual course with an actual teacher on Zoom. And there were five people in my class, including myself, and I believe that's the maximum number of people, Yes, which is a really great ratio, one to five. The teacher was a native speaker, a mother tongue French speaker. I chose French because, as you know, I love the French language and I, I studied it in the past and I would love to get my French back in shape because it's so rusty. Uh, so I took a course that was, you know, let's say high intermediate, something like that. Yes, because they tested you in, right? That's exactly right. I took a placement test, very easy, mm -hmm. found out my level and I took a class and it was challenging. It was definitely challenging. And what was challenging about it was that you really, it's very interactive. So the teacher is calling you by name and there's only four other students besides you. So it's not like you can just sit there and think that, you know, you can just sort of breeze on through. The teacher is going to call on you and ask you things. It's all in French, right? Because all of the students are from different countries. So you can't just be like, okay, wait a second. Can I ask, you know, you can't just ask a question in English. You have to speak French the whole time. And I really felt at the end of the hour lesson that if I were to do that on a regular basis, if I were to do that every day, it would be ideal. But even on a regular basis, I really feel that my French would improve dramatically just by getting that speaking practice. And you, we also had to write as well on a little chat. She'd be like, okay, write an email on the little chat function asking for a, a job or applying for a job. And so I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, how do I do this? <laughs> That's great. That's great. And of course, you tested in higher. So if somebody was a beginner. Of course, of course. They have beginner classes, naturally. This was a B2 class, which I think, as I said, is like intermediate somewhere. But you take whatever your level is, of course. So Lingoda is the number one trusted European language school with a German stamp of quality, but very affordable prices. Even if you don't manage to attend all of your classes, you'll end up paying about 10 euros for a small group class with a maximum of five students. And you'll be learning from native speaking teachers. You can take it any time of day, 24 seven, with proven methods and expert design curriculums that will deliver real results. So when it comes to the sprint, you can sign up for a sprint language learning class. You have to sign up by April 16th. The sprint begins on April 28th. So what exactly does the sprint entail? Well, you can sign up for two levels. You either sign up to do a super sprint, which means you attend 30 classes a month for three months. So basically, like you were saying, you go every single day. And if you show up every single day, and remember, you can go any time of day, you'll get 100% cash back, even your deposit. That is incredible. 
Incredible. And if that seems too ambitious, you can sign up for just a sprint, not a super sprint. That means you attend 15 classes a month for three months and you get 50% cash back. So half your money. Yeah, that seems doable. Yeah. I know they do French, but what other languages are offered? They offer English or business English, German, French, and Spanish. And both of the plans do require a deposit. But again, Lingoda will refund your tuition fee in full together with the deposit if you attend all of your required classes. And we can even give you a discount on the deposit because we have a special code. If you use the link in our show notes and type in bittersweet to sign up, you will get a $12 discount on your deposit. But of course, you have to hurry up if this sounds interesting because they do limit how many people can do this. So visit that link soon. Okay. Lingoda Sprint has been running for more than three years, and the concept is proven by many successful students all over the world. And if you need more inspiring stories, visit their Instagram profile at lingoda underscore official and check out the story highlights from their students. So remember to visit the link in our show notes. If you're interested, sign up by April 16th with the code bittersweet and you'll get a discount on your deposit. And good luck learning a language. You can do it. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you, darling. On Monday, so this is coming out on the very first day of your lockdown. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) maybe we'll have to get an update on the mini episode of how it's going in those first few days. You could do like an audio check-in every day and we could put it together for Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We could, except for Thursday, what I really hope to do, it's our seventh anniversary on Thursday, Katie. Mm. It's the exact seventh anniversary of the first episode of The Bittersweet Life. Wow. So I was hoping we could do something together. Okay, yes, let's do something together. But maybe if you think to, you should do like little snapshots because it would be really that. fun to hear, especially from Aurelio, if he's loving it as much the second time <laughs> as he was the first. Yeah, you know, he'll be fine. He'll he'll be fine. He He's going to have his parents with him all the time. He's not going to have to rush off to school in the morning, can linger over his breakfast, just he loves to do, for an hour and a half. <laughs> if I let him, he will sit there for an hour and a half. <laughs> so no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Wow. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll be fine. I was looking at the weather, Katie, hoping that it would be bad weather. Because <laughs> I feel like it's going to be so much easier to deal with if it's like raining every day. Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful today, of course, the first day. That always happens. But it's going to start raining in a couple days. I'm kind of relieved about that because then I won't feel like I could be out enjoying this glorious day and instead I'm stuck here at home. For me, it's really going to depend, is my child going to let me write? Mm-hmm. Is he going to let me work? Yeah. If I can get in a couple of really good hours a day, I'm fine. I've become a homebody basically at this point. So I can handle it. But we'll see. We'll see if he cooperates. Okay. Well, and yeah, I guess join us on Thursday for our seven-year anniversary celebration. God, I (laughs) cannot believe it's been seven years. I know. That means it is official that we have graduated from high school and we're nearly done with college. college. (laughs) In the length of this show. Or to look at it a different way, one year less than you've been married (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's another interesting way to put it a little bit more than that actually a little more than a year less because 
I know when your anniversary is because it's right before my anniversary mm-hmm. minus one year. Wow. So so you're having your ninth anniversary in May. I'm having my tenth. Wow. I'm really glad you're <laughs> tracking this for me because I am very poor on, on keeping track of years like that. And you're very good at it. Yeah, your anniversary is the 27th of May. Okay, Katie? Don't <laughs> yeah, forget I at least that. know what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I only know that because mine's the 29th. Yeah. I'm sure I stuck mine so close to yours just so I could remember. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. It was because it was a holiday weekend. Yeah, so that's exciting. And I guess until then, if you ever feel like you need more show than you get right now, you can always join us on Patreon. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to keep this show alive for another year. So we actually do graduate college and you get about two bonus episodes a month by supporting the show. You can also do a one-time or repeating donation at our website, thebittersweetlife.net, and donate through PayPal if you prefer that. Yes. And sign up for our newsletter if you want to hear what we're thinking about every month. It's pretty easy to do. We don't spam you, I promise. And we basically send out an email letting you know what we're thinking about, what we're reading, fun facts, whatever. And all you have to do is either send us an email again through the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net or you can just send us a note on social media and Tiffany will get you on the list. Yes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or what's the other one? Twitter. (laughs) uh, Just search for the Bittersweet Life podcast. You'll find us. And if you don't follow us on social media yet, make sure you do that too. Yes, indeed. Well, we'll leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Please share the show. Tell your friends and family about this great discovery that you've made. And if you own a business, consider sponsoring the show. Sponsoring is a great way to reach an educated and diverse group of wonderful people living all over the United States and the world. Send us a note at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. That's bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or visit the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net.